Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for another podcast. It means so much to me every time you pause in your day and you listen, because what that means is, is that you're a leader. See, leaders are always learning. And it means so much to me that you would take moments in your busy day and you would learn how to advance your leadership skills. Before we jump into the lesson, I just want to tell you that in the next week, I will be releasing my new book. I'm so excited about this book because I think it will help so many people. It's entitled, Five Prayers You Need to Pray for Your Children. Five Prayers You Need to to pray for your children. This is going to help so many people. See, as a parent, my kids are all grown. They have their own families now, but there hasn't been a day, including today, that I haven't prayed these five prayers. Many times parents don't know what to do, but one of the greatest gifts we give our kids is our prayer life. Not when we pray them through a problem, but when we pray them before there's a problem. And so these five prayers are prayers that I've prayed every day of their life and will pray every day of their life as long as I'm on this side of heaven. So I want to encourage you that maybe you want to reach out to Katie Palmer on my staff and pre-order this particular book. I think it would be something that you would enjoy and be helpful to the people that you lead. Today, I want to talk to you about four ways a leader must lead. Four ways a leader must lead. So let me begin by saying this. Leaders must be more than one-dimensional. Leaders must be more than one-dimensional. See, too often, leaders are short-term leaders, not because they're not good leaders, not because they're not effective leaders, but because they are one-dimensional leaders. And long-term leaders are leaders that are more than one dimension. In fact, if you are going to lead, and you are going to lead well, and you are going to lead for a long time, then you have to lead in four directions. Four directions that you must lead in. Let me give you the four. You have to lead inwardly. You have to lead laterally. You have to lead upwardly. And you have to lead downwardly. Let me give them to you again. You have to lead inwardly, laterally, upwardly, and downwardly. So these are the four directions. What happens is a lot of leaders will sort of uh, show up and they will lead for a period of time because they lead in one of these areas or two of these areas, but their shelf life as a leader is shortened because if you're going to lead, you have to lead in all four of these. You have to be more than a one-dimensional leader. 
Now, here's the thing. Anytime you're trying to master four directions in life, you are really committing yourself to a level of discipline and to a level of commitment that is very, very high because the average person doesn't do this. The average individual doesn't do this. And most leaders don't do this. That's why most leaders lead for a short period of time. So let's dive into it. What does it look like to be able to lead in four directions? What does it look like to be able to lead on more than one dimension? So let's just talk about them. Let's talk about inwardly, inward leadership. So let's just start with this concept. To lead others, I first have to be able to lead myself. That's just leadership 101. I can't take other people someplace I haven't gone. I cannot keep taking people someplace that I'm not continually going. If I'm going to lead them, then that means that I'm ahead of them. And so the first place that I have to lead is I have to lead inwardly. I have to be able to lead myself. And this is just one of those basics of leadership And it confronts us. See, the truths we need most are usually the ones that we like the least. Man, let me say that again. The truths we need the most are usually the ones we like the least. So in leadership, I have to master inward leadership. I have to lead inwardly. So... Here's the thing. Inward leadership is easily, easily ignored. Why is it easily ignored? Because others don't see it. So you think you can avoid it. See, people can't see what's happening in me. They can't see below the surface. They can't see what is really going on inside me. And because others can't see it, it's easy for a leader to think I can avoid it, that I can avoid it. Well, no one's going to see this, so I can avoid it. But the truth of the matter is, eventually, what's inside you comes out of you. And so people think, I can't, people won't see it and I can avoid it, but it's just not true. Or because others won't see it, we think we can hide it. The stuff that we suppress inside, the things we don't tell. Often when I'm praying before I speak, I will pray a prayer like this. God, you're an amazing God, but right now I need your help because I don't know these people. You know the best of them. You know the worst of them. You know the things that they dream. You know the things that they dread. You know the things that cause them great faith. You know the things that cause them great fear. You know the things that they tell everyone but you also know the things they tell no one. And because of that, I need your help. I need you to help me. See, there are things that we do not tell everyone. There are things that we do not tell anyone. And see, in leadership, just because others don't see it, it doesn't mean that I can hide it. 
So because others don't see it, we think we can avoid it. Because others won't see it, we think we can hide it. And because others don't do it themselves, we think we're not responsible for it. See, we tend to grade on a curve, but our curve is always downward. Our curve is never upward. And so what happens is, is we grade on a curve and we look and we say, well, you know, others aren't doing this. I know other leaders and they don't do this. Well, here's the thing. Just because others don't do it does not mean you're not responsible for it. So again, Inward leadership is easily ignored because others don't see it, you think you can avoid it. Because others won't see it, you think you can hide it. And because others don't do it, you think that you're not responsible for it. See, inward leadership helps me keep my balance in life. It is where I develop my equilibrium. I have to be balanced in life. Probably the case study early on in his leadership of someone who really exhibited this was David. Early on, he had this. Later on, he lost this. And the difference between his beginning days and his ending days was not his outward leadership. It was his inward leadership. And the thing that you can learn about inward leadership is when you have inward leadership, it reveals itself in three ways. You're focused, you have faith, and you have faithfulness. So there's an element of focus. You know exactly what you are to do and what you're not to do. You have faith that God's going to be with you, and you are faithful to do the things God wants you to do. So when you look at David you find inward leadership. 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6, when David said he would encourage himself in the Lord. He knew that he had to lead on the inside before he could lead on the outside. And he had to encourage himself before he could ever be an encouragement to someone else. So inward leadership, But if you master inward leadership, you also get to go to the next kind, which is lateral leadership. Now, this is probably one of the more challenging kinds of leadership. If you can lead on the inside, it doesn't mean that you are leading laterally. Now, here's the reason. Lateral leadership means that you're trying to lead people who are on the same level as you. And therefore, what this means is you don't have leverage. Can you lead where you don't have leverage? See, when it comes to other levels of leadership, you have leverage that you can implement. But on lateral leadership, you don't have leverage. You don't have the idea of saying, hey, do this or else. It's how do you get someone to work with you when they're on the same level with you? See, this level breaks down when people think they can't count on you. So in lateral leadership, I develop my street credibility 
my street cred, I develop that by being someone that people who are on the same level as me can count on. I think we've all been in rooms where someone was on an equal basis to ask, and they're going to ask for our help, but they've never given any of their help to us. And the easiest thing is, is when you're being asked for help by someone on the same level as you, but you've never been given their help, you're saying, hey, I'm not going to do that. But see, street cred is built when you begin to be the person they can count on. Well, I, I can count on Bill over here. This level breaks down when people think they can't talk to you. See, when you become the person who's always telling them something but never listening to them, you can't lead laterally. So lateral leadership, you don't have leverage. But you create lateral leadership by being someone who's consistent, who can be counted on, but also by being a person who listens to them, who responds to them. And lateral leadership is needed because there are people who have skill sets that you don't possess and you are going to need that. And so I lead at this level by being a servant. I serve. Remember the disciples, how upset they were with the two disciples who had their mom come and ask if they could sit on the right hand? of Jesus, that meant that you were the best servants. But Jesus flipped the script on them and he said, the best servants aren't the ones who ask, they are the ones who silently serve. When you silently serve, you will be surprised how many people will come to your aid when you need it. When you help people that don't always seem to reciprocate that help. It's going to create moments where whether they did, others will. As I like to put it, sometimes we plant seeds where we don't see a harvest, but sometimes we get a harvest where it didn't appear that we planted seeds. And it's because we've learned to serve laterally. So inward leadership, I create balance, equilibrium. Lateral leadership, I create credibility by serving. Upward leadership, this is leadership towards those that are above you, towards those that are above you. Now, here's what's interesting about this leadership is that everyone has to have it. No one gets to lead without it. Everyone must have this kind of leadership. See, Jesus, when he was talking to the centurion and he made this statement, he says, I've not seen so great a faith in all of Israel in Matthew chapter 8. It was after the man said this, I'm a man with authority and I'm a man under authority. I'm a man with authority and I'm a man under authority. See, no one gets to have authority without being under authority. So here's how I like to put it. Who can tell you no? Now, everyone can't tell you no. 
But if you lead, no matter how high you lead, there has to be a few people that can tell you no. Who can tell you no and you will stop in your place and you will say, hey, I'm not going to do that. God, if this is something you want me to do, you're going to have to speak to them and through them also. See, you don't get to lead downwardly without leading upwardly. See, leadership without accountability usually becomes abusive. When I get to lead downwardly without being responsible upwardly, it causes problems. Now, in leading at this level, if I'm going to lead upwardly, it requires a few things. It requires humility. I have to be willing to humble myself. Now, humility isn't saying the person above you is right, but humility is saying that God's bigger than the person above you and he can work things out. Humility is being a person who has a disposition that God's in control, even when it seems like someone else may be out of control. And there's a whole lot of thought in what I just said that every leader needs to work through. But in your life, there has to be someone to tell you no. In your life, there has to be somebody who can stop you, who can look at you and just say, hey, you know what? Stop here. And humility is the ability to humble yourself. And then humility also involves actions. And the actions are sometimes actions of respect. The actions are sometimes the action of biting your tongue. The actions are sometimes of not saying everything you think. But humility just isn't a heart condition. It is an attitude that shows up in actions. So humility begins to show you your disposition, but it leads to an attitude that begins to dictate actions. The case study of this is Nehemiah. In my opinion, Nehemiah is one of the most underestimated leaders in all of Scripture. And I think we don't like him as a leader because he never had the top position. And so in Nehemiah chapter 2, it talks about how he said to the king, that by nature says he's leading up. For him to be an effective leader where God wants him to do what God wants him to do, he had to lead up. And can I tell you that if you are going to be an effective leader, you're going to have to lead up. You're going to have to be able to lead up. And here's the thing. He started and you see this processing with Nehemiah as he talked to the king. He says, if it pleased the king, he started with a good attitude. If I found favor in the king, he referred back to his actions. As the king's cupbearer, he had access. And when he asked the king for resources, he had answers. See, if you lead upward, you lead with an attitude that is humility. And humility creates actions that create favor. And when you have humility 
and you have the right attitude and it's created the right actions. It gives you access to people who are more powerful than you so that you can get answers that you yourself could not get. Nehemiah did all of that. Attitude, action. It gave him access and it gave him answers. And I just want to say to everyone listening to this, that is something all of us have to be cognizant of. We have to be aware of. So there's inward leadership. I create balance. There's lateral leadership where I create credibility by serving. There is upward leadership where I demonstrate humility and I demonstrate actions of attitude that are positive. And then there's downward leadership. Most teaching on leadership deals with this dimension. How do I lead the people I'm responsible for? This is where we spend most of our time. I want to be a good leader downward. What's interesting is the Bible probably spends more time talking about inward leadership, lateral leadership, and upward leadership than it does downward leadership. If you really took the um, entire volume of leadership thought in Scripture, downward leadership is taught the least. But it's where men spend their time talking the most. Now, it's not because it's not valid. It's because it's easier to lead downward than it is inwardly, laterally, and upwardly. So it's easier to talk about this. But God really puts this in fourth place in a four-person race. And so downward leadership, it's what most people think leadership is. But this kind of leadership isn't just telling someone what to do. It is developing people so they can do. And Moses is sort of the example, the uh, total epitome of this. In Exodus chapter 18 and verses 15 through 17, we have Moses under the direction. Remember, there always needs to be someone who could tell you no. Well, in Moses' case, it was Jethro, his father-in-law. And Jethro came to him and said, the thing that you're doing isn't good. And what did Moses do? He changed. He responded to upward leadership. But in his response, it changed his downward leadership. And where before Moses was trying to do everything himself, he began to create a development plan and he developed captains over 10, hundreds, thousands, and 10,000. And he developed people. See, leading downward isn't an action of force. It is an action of education. It is an action of empowerment. It's where you actively empower other people to achieve and accomplish things. So again, if you're going to be a long-term leader, if you are going to be a long-lasting leader, if you're going to be a fruitful leader, then you have to lead in four ways. Inwardly, where you create balance. You have to lead laterally, where you become a servant. You have to lead upwardly where you have humility. And you have to lead downwardly where you create education 
and delegation and responsibility. So just because you're leading others, it doesn't mean that you're leading in all directions. Leaders have to learn to lead in all four, four directions. If you do not lead in all four directions, you will not lead for the long term. Again, four ways a leader has to lead. Inwardly, balance. Laterally, serving. Upwardly, humility. Downwardly, education and responsibility. I hope this helps you because I think it is one of those lessons on leadership that every leader has to figure out, every leader has to get. And so thank you. Again, I want to remind you that my new book, Five Prayers That You Need to Pray for Your Children, it's coming out. And if you would like an advanced copy of that, I want to encourage you to call our number, 972-985-1112, ask for Katie Palmer, and she can get you on that first copy list when it goes out. Thank you so much for taking this time to join me. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com. 